keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for bun in country Coming up later in the show, we discover our latest Lake of the Week. But first, a Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors edition as we go diving, Paul Bunyan Country. Well, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is a show that we uh, we run throughout the year and talk about all things outdoors. Of course, in the summertime, it's about 98% fish in Paul Bunyan Country. Uh, but most fishing is done from above the water. We're going to talk about going below the water, not for fishing. But for diving, we have Dan Carlson from the Dive Depot joining us. Dan, thanks for joining us today. You are welcome, Kev. Well, diving is certainly something that you, you think about when you go on a cruise or you go uh, spend a week at an all-inclusive resort uh, in the Caribbean somewhere. Uh, you don't, or a lot of people don't think about it as something you do in northern Minnesota. But you certainly do. Right. We have uh, a lot of divers that dive our local lakes around here. And the diving is fantastic, going somewhere tropical as well. So we have a lot of great diving in our uh, lakes, local lakes around this area. Dan, I'm sure you have dived in virtually every kind of water there is. Uh, what makes diving in a, in a Minnesota lake interesting and unique? Yeah, I started diving. I was stationed in the Navy in Hawaii, and I started diving there. And when I came back to Minnesota, I started diving in the local lakes, and it was so much fun finding things underwater, which I'm sure was somebody else's bad day. Uh, but as a diver, it's always, what am I going to find on this next dive? Even returning to the same place and diving it again, you always see something different. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, um, you see you know coral reefs in the Caribbean and things like that. Um, but for those of us who fish these lakes or even know about, you know, what, what, what uh, fish are in these lakes, i got to think it would be really interesting to go down there and watch them in action. Yeah, so local fish, the, a lot of the game fish, walleyes, northerns, muskies, they do not stick around divers very, um, very often. Mm-hmm. They're, they're takeoff. We make a lot of noise with the bubbles, and they will they're kind of skittish. But bass are a lot of fun. Um, and panfish, they will swim right up to you, they'll come right up to your mask and look at you. And um, bass, they're interested in what we could possibly pick up off the bottom that they could eat. <laughs> so they really like divers. Okay. And you were talking off the air before we got going. To, to, it's always fascinating what you might find on the bottom of the lake. Yes. the Going out and diving around here is going looking for things and seeing what you're going to be able to find. Uh, we find a lot of anchors. Um, the uh, south shore, to shore of Bemidji has an incredible amount of history to it. And so diving there, especially when the water's cooler, the lake is a lot cleaner, um, visibility is really good, and there's a lot of history along the south shore of Lake Bemidji. And one time I was diving Bemidji, and um, I was doing a job for somebody else looking for something, and I was kind of reaching down into the silt, and my hand hit something smooth and reached around and going, oh, it's a bottle. And it was an old Coke bottle from 1940s. Wow. And by the style of the bottle, and those bottles have a stamp on the bottom that shows where they were bottled. So I'm diving in Lake Bemidji, 
And I flip the bottle over and I look at the bottom, and it's stamped Bemidji, Minnesota. Huh. And I was so excited underwater, I I didn't even realize Bemidji had a Coke bottling. I didn't either. Yeah, and so I had to look it up, and I guess it was between 2nd Street and 3rd Street. Okay. Is where the Coke bottling facility was. And and I have ones from different areas as well, Montana and Virginia, Minnesota, but, but now I have one from Bemidji, Minnesota <laughs> for a Coke bottle. Wow. Um Part of the deal, I know, is that you have a, a diving, the Dive Depot, which uh, provides equipment, and of course, uh, I think you give a lot of lessons too, correct? Yes. Yep. How many divers do we have in this area? Well, the Dive Depot has done around um, 1,500 certifications since we opened in December of 2001, and so we're uh, kind of just under 100 certifications a year now, and we certify from entry level. Somebody's going, I have no, I don't know about it, but I'm curious about it and would like to try it um, through professional. So if you want to make diving a career uh, and become a dive master or assistant instructor, you can do that here in Bemidji as well. Okay. Now, for those who say, well, I think that would be cool to dive down there and check it out. I mean, it's not as easy as just grabbing a, an oxygen tank and some goggles and diving into the water. There's there's a lot that goes into it before you're ready to do something like that. Yeah, for the certification, there is some self-study at home. And then there's just a few hours going over and taking some quizzes to make sure that you understand the knowledge to be safe in the water. And then there's about 8 to 10 hours of pool time where we practice skills for the what if. What if I get some water in my mask? Um, what if I run out of air? And you come out of the pool sessions and you're confident. You go, this is not an issue. I know what to do. I'm confident that I can take care of this problem. I, and two of my best friends are divers, and I believe they went through you, and, and they go down, they, they make sure they make a winter trip down to the Caribbean to, to check out the coral reefs and all the big famous dive spots. But he told me some great stories of stuff he found in the bottom of the lakes, old pipes and uh, it's just amazing what you might find down there. Right. Yep. There's uh, quite a few things that have uh, gone to the bottom of the lake that try to figure out how this got here. <laughs> yeah. If you were to uh, to pick one lake to dive in, in this area, what what's the most interesting one that you've found so far? Honestly, I'd have to say Lake Bemidji along the south shore. Um, because there is so much logging history down there. Mm. Now, once we get into July and August, we get that big push from the Mississippi, and Bemidji gets really dirty. Um, but but when the water's cooler earlier in the year, or we even go under the ice in the winter and dive, and there's lots of pilings out there, there's lots of tools left over from the logging. Okay. And, and there's... Um, about every time we go out, we find another log roller, those PVs, um, that finding another one of those is kind of every dive. Wow. Um, and go ahead. I was just going to say, so it's really, it's really interesting mixing in kind of the history of Bemidji along with the diving and being able to see these, see these artifacts of our logging history. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors.
Dan Carlson of the Dive Depot, my guest today, as we talk diving Paul Bunyan country. You also have a public safety dive team in this area. Tell us about that. Yes, Lakes Area Dive Team. We are a volunteer, a nonprofit organization, and we rely on donations. But we serve the sheriff's departments for Hubbard, Beltrami, and Cass County. And so we work with law enforcement whenever they need something um, underwater. Okay. Um, Whether it's recovering some evidence or um, somebody is missing. Um, that's when the Lakes Area Dive Team gets a call. How many uh, members of that dive team? We're right around 20 members. Okay. And I know you're the guys that uh, hang out in the water during the, uh, you know, the, the polar plunge and the things like that. Right, yep. So we do volunteer time like that as well to help out the community events. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to be accused of burying the lead here because that's exactly what I did. Um one of the exciting things for you is uh, you're going to be featured on a Discovery Channel program, correct? Yes. Um, our uh, staff here at the Dive Depot, we were uh, um, asked to uh, help out with uh, diving in the area in northern Minnesota um, for a story that's going to be out next Tuesday on the Discovery Channel. So it's going to debut July 10th on the Discovery Channel. What's the name of the show, and, and do you know the time it's going to air for the first time? It'll be on Expedition Unknown, and the episode is called Hunt for the Ruby Slippers. And I believe it is on at 9 o'clock um, local time. Okay. So what? Uh, where, are the, where are they from, actually, and how did they discover Bemidji Area Diving? Um, they do a lot of really interesting stories, and they travel all around the world, and they look for for interesting stories. And so the the story is uh, um, based on the ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz, and there is a pair that is missing and believed to be in northern Minnesota. Okay. And so um, when we're diving in the lakes, we're definitely looking for things, and including a pair of ruby slippers. Interesting. Uh, I don't know how much you're allowed to reveal. Can you tell us what lakes you you were in or not? No. Okay. <laughs> no, that part I'll leave up to uh, to you watching the show. Okay. And again, that's uh, that's nine o'clock Central Time on July 10th, uh, this upcoming Tuesday, a week from. Uh, well, we're inter- we're recording it a week from today, uh, but Tuesday, July 10th, uh, nine o'clock on the Discovery Channel Expedition Unknown. Correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. So uh, you're involved in that, and uh, any other local people you'd recognize? Oh, yeah. We have uh, several of our staff um, that are that are going to be on there. Um, we're, we were diving under the ice, so we were out on the uh, frozen lake, and, um, and their first time going under the ice for the show, I believe. And so uh, we were – it takes quite a few people to pull off an ice dive. <laughs> And, and you'll kind of see that, that, that there'll be a bunch of us around um, okay. helping out. And we have a safety diver who is uh, um, on the ice, fully suited up. And do you, do you, I mean, you obviously have a gear that keeps you from getting hypothermia, but that just seems weird to me to be swimming under the ice. Oh, yeah, the... Uh, 
ice diving, it's, it's definitely not for everyone, <laughs> but those of us who enjoy it, um, of, uh, the, it's, the water is nice and clear. Oh, I bet. You can, you could, the visibility is fantastic under the ice. And going up and, I don't know, playing on the bottom of the ice yeah. is, is a lot of fun. And for those of us that have been ice diving several times and we wear dry suits, we have uh, air against us that can travel throughout the suit and keep us warm, and we wear a fleece undergarment underneath the dry layer that is our insulation. Okay. And at the end of the dive, um, we will do inverted under ice skiing. <laughs> so we'll go up to the ice and we'll flip upside down so all the air in the suit runs to our feet. Okay. And then we'll take air from our tank and put more air into the suit so it floats up and plants our feet against the bottom of the ice. Whoa. And one, of the, one of the rope signals we have, because we're attached to the surface, somebody on the surface with a rope, so we know how to get back out. And we'll give three pulls on the rope, indicating that we want to tow out of the, out of the water. And so then you can lean back, and the bottom of the ice is really smooth. And so when the tender starts pulling on the rope, you just start skiing across the bottom of the ice, <laughs> upside down. Oh, man. <laughs> that actually sounds really fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. Wow. Well, listen, if, if people are interested in learning how to dive uh, and uh, and to learn, you know, for here or elsewhere, uh, how do they go about getting signed up for lessons and how long does it take and all that stuff? Um, contact us at the Dive Depot. We have a classroom and pool about once a month throughout the year. We're either in the pool um, and classroom once a month, and then throughout the summer we're in the open water. Now, if you are planning a trip, you can still take your class in the winter, do your class and pool here not to take up any vacation time, and you can go anywhere in the world with um, our signature saying you've completed these parts, and you can do your open water dives, be open water diving on your vacation, and earn your certification on vacation. Okay. Wow. And uh, how do they get a hold of you? Um, you can go to our website at thedivedepot.com, or give us a call at 444-FINS, which is 218-444-3467. All right. Dan Carlson of the Dive Depot, talking all things diving local and uh, elsewhere, and of course... Once again, next Tuesday, July 10th, Expedition Unknown on the Discovery Channel. Uh, the Bemidji Dive Crew is featured. That'll debut 9 o'clock that night on the Discovery Channel. Dan, thanks for your time today, and uh, great that you're getting that re- national recognition. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It is lake of the weekday. I am talking to the supervisor out of the Park Rapids area office, Doug Kingsley, and we are talking first crow wing lake. Doug, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Kevin. Let's talk a little bit about first crowing. And, and first of all, I'm assuming it's called first crowing because that's where the chain starts and that's where the river starts. Well, actually, first crowing is at the downstream, at the downstream end, end of the chain of lakes. <laughs> so, actually, the lakes start with 11th crowing. Okay, well, I guess whoever stumbled across them then must have uh, been coming from the south. 
and going up <laughs> upstream. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, first growing, okay, the end of the road, so to speak. Uh, so where is the end of the road exactly? Well, um, if you're going f- from Bemidji, you want to go south on Highway 71 or 200, about 11 miles, till you get to what they call Cabacone Corners. Um, continue on Highway 200 for another four and a half miles, and then turn south on Highway 64. You need to go about 15 and a half miles on that, and then turn west on Highway 34, go seven miles to Nevis, head south on County Road 13 for about 10 and three-quarter miles, and then turn left on County Road 109. And you go on 109 about a mile and three-quarters to the access on the left side where the Crow Wing River crosses 109. So it's about 57 miles south of Bemidji. So it's a haul. It's a bit. Otherwise, if people have have a smartphone and GPS the and want to uh, get directions, the access is actually at two four zero seven six County Road one hundred nine Monaga. Okay, is it worth the trip? It can be some pretty decent fishing. <laughs> Well, it's a, I mean, a decent-sized lake, 522 acres, and it looks like it's got everything we come to expect from a Minnesota lake as far as the types of fish that are in there. Yeah, it's a bit of a shallow lake, Kevin. The The maximum depth is only about 15 feet, and the average depth is only about 4 feet. Oh, wow. Um, since it has a river coming through it, we don't have issues with winter kill or anything like that. Yeah, but... Uh, but it, again, looks like you got good bluegill numbers, good uh, bass numbers, um, crappie yeah, that's numbers. That's right. It's probably better suited to panfish bass like that. Um, it does have a, a lot of northern pike in there. Uh, in fact, in the last survey that we did in 2014, pike numbers were the highest that we've ever seen. Because of the high numbers, the sizes of pike are generally small. It's a little better than your typical hammer handle lake, but it's a lake that'll probably benefit from the new northern pike regulations, statewide regulations. Here in the north central part of the state, if anglers remember, the the, the bag limit for northern pike, starting with this fishing season, will be a bag limit of 10 in the mm. north central part of Minnesota. Now, that sounds like a lot, but anglers cannot harvest pike between 22 and 26 inches, and they're only allowed two of those 10 over 26 inches. Okay. So, yeah, basically the, the goal here is to get more, more trophy fisheries out there. Well, not really, Kevin. We're okay. not really looking at trophy fisheries. We just want to increase the the typical size that people can catch, the mediums, medium a little bit larger than mediums maybe, and uh, maybe allow a little bigger fish than, than they've been getting. Maybe thin out some of those smaller hammer handles. To me, well, for me, a medium would be a trophy, just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both probably. <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to experience there. Is it a very well-developed lake? It It is fairly, um, especially on the south side of the lake, is pretty densely developed. But a lot of the shoreline is really undeveloped. The Crow Wing Wildlife Management Area is actually on the north and 
north and northeast side of the lake. Okay. So there's uh, you know plenty of beautiful things to see out there, kind of get away from it all. You bet. That's right. Okay. And uh, again, it's uh, it is it is a bit of a haul from from Bemidji, but uh, say from Park Rapids, not not as much. No, it's only about seventeen miles southeast of Park Rapids. Does it get a lot of pressure? Not really a lot. Um, again, uh, you know, it's best known for crappies and sunfish, so anglers will head there for that. It, it, you know, you don't have a ton of walleyes in there, but it looks like the ones you do have are a good solid size. That's right. We do stock walleyes. Um, fingerlings are larger sized every other year in odd-numbered years, and we've been doing that since 1993. Um, we tried a little higher stocking densities, but they didn't seem to really increase the abundance or the year class strength. Um, so the abundance has kind of fluctuated from one survey to the next. Um, but, you know, it's, so it's kind of moderate abundance. A wide range of sizes of walleyes, um, very high proportions of larger fish, and we've seen fish up to 29 inches in our sampling. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, just talking about this lake and, and basically the crowing chain in general, uh, any concerns about AIS in those waters yet? Glad you brought that up, Kevin. Um, first crowing, actually the lower crowings up to third crowing are infested with faucet snails. And faucet snails are a concern because they often carry a parasite that can cause die-offs in waterfowl that eat them. So we want to try and limit their spread. So boaters need to be really diligent about draining their bilges and live wells and all their other water-related equipment like bait buckets. Okay, yeah, please be, please do that because it doesn't take long once it gets into a system, especially ones that are connected by a river, for it to spread. In fact, um, they have been kind of moving slowly up the crowing chain. Um, So, yeah, we want to try and limit that. Such a beautiful chain, so many great lakes on that chain. Um, it's, it's, I think it's a, the growing chain is a real treasure. It, it is. And, you know, the lakes are really varied. Some are more densely developed, others not. Like first growing, like I mentioned, um, pretty undeveloped shorelines because of the wildlife management area there. All right. And uh, as far as, uh, AIS in general goes. Um, we just can't stress it enough. You got to check your boat. You got to check everything. You got to, and you know, if you, you might get sick of hearing it. And you might get sick of doing it, but you you don't necessarily like what's going to happen if you if you don't do that. That's right. And if you've been to a, a, a lake or stream that's infested, or you want to be sure to disinfect your boat, decontaminate it before you put it into another body of water. Doug Kingsley, he is the uh, the main man at the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office talking to us about First Crow Wing, our Lake of the Week. Doug, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin.